Hey, a bunch of chuckleheads. Welcome to Hotline Monday. This is the 11th of the month of April, 2016. I'm Scott Johnson. That's uh, Justin Robert Young right over there. Yo, hi. hi. It's me. What's up, man? What's up? Hey, man. Uh, dude, uh, we, uh, we're here for yet another uh, Hotline Monday. I would like to let everybody know that there will be no more criticism of batman versus superman <laughs> we're not going to dedicate yet another show to either that movie itself or subsequent films in that franchise uh uh we are we are out of the 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 the, the dceu mm -hmm. uh, uh for 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 now for now probably not until i'm thinking suicide squad maybe is the next time they come up in a, oh, in a meaningful way doing another another full episode review and dissection of suicide squad mm -hmm. and Civil War and and all the all the fun big stuff, but I just want to let everybody know right up at the top because I know uh, and and, and uh, you are in this boat too that that you know that's a hot button issue. Like you gotta you gotta put on your oven mitts and you gotta pull down your welder's mask. <laughs> like if you're gonna start delivering hot takes like that, because you're gonna get some 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 fire spit right back. At Do you, you ever feel like the reason that the that everybody is sick of us talking about him isn't? because of any of that although i think that does play a role but do you think part of it is is we have no attention span on the internet anymore and two weeks in a row seems like an eternity well i think you know there's 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 realistic and unrealistic expectations on it realistically these were the biggest stories in the spheres in which we were talking about yeah. and they were good fodder for a call-in show and unrealistically you get the sense for people that well, you're picking on it. Like, if all you ever do is say, like, all right, whatever, we get it. Like, you didn't like the movie. You're not a fan of Zack Snyder. How many times do we need to discuss it? So, I'm saying, this is it. We're done. Yada, yada, yada. Bleep, blop, blorp. <laughs> this is the new topic. <laughs> the new topic. Yeah. Lay it out for me. Oh, by the <laughs> way, get this number handy. Hotline 801-895-4724. Have that handy because we're going to start taking your calls. Those who are calling now, don't worry. We'll get to you. Just keep it coming. All right, Justin, go. We are about to enter yet another blockbuster summer where everybody's going to be putting out movies. All the studios are trotting out movies that they want you to see. Many of them are sequels, reboots, or remakes. Yeah. What we want to know is what franchise that is not currently in development, doesn't currently have, uh, uh, you know, isn't currently going, so you can't be like, oh, I want a sequel to... Uh, Avengers. It's like, well, duh. Like, there's going to be a sequel to Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. But something dormant that you would like to see come to life, either in a remake, a reboot, or a a long dead franchise that gets a rebooty sequel. Now, for clarity's sake, we're not. It doesn't have to be a franchise. It can be yeah. a single film, just a movie, whatever. Like, I would throw out. I'm just throwing this out for no reason. But let's say Goonies. Do you think yeah. Goonies deserves a remake or do you think they're going to or would you like one? And my perspective on all of this is they're probably going to do it anyway. So yeah. embrace it and pick the ones you want. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying flowers for Eldredon 2, <laughs> two flowers, two furious. <laughs> all right. We got our first caller on the line. Who's this? This is Tall Heath. Hey, man. What's what's up? Uh, what's on your mind and what movie do you think needs the remake treatment? Uh, well, I got two actually. Uh, the Neverending Story. Oh yeah. And and maybe a live action version of the Magic School Bus. Do you think? I'll, we'll get All to right. we'll get to the second one in a second. But I got to ask him this: Do you think that the uh, the 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 one the Neverending Story movie would benefit yeah. from today's? Is it mostly because today's technology and special effects would boost that movie into something truly special? Or do you worry that, uh, or do you think maybe the stuff that they used back then was so weird and so practical, those effects, that trying to redo it now will just not work? Kind of like, uh, I don't know, uh, The Revenge of the Titans or think of any other remake that's happened where technology made it better, but in a way made it worse because where's all the stop motion? Where's the herky-jerky green screen? Like, where's the garbage effects? Like, what? Right, I think it. Yeah, I think it, uh, if they went too overboard with it, it could be really bad. But if they did something like with Force Awakens, they do more uh, a mix of practical effects. I think you could benefit from it. But I mean, if you look at Falcor back in the original one, that looks like shit. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, Here's the two I'm looking forward to, Justin: are the big rock guy in that movie, yeah. the big stone man, and then the, the dog. You got to make a good dog dragon. 
So Never Ending Story came out in 1984. I'm looking for the studio to see who owns it. But this is a great pick because you you got to figure this is a made for 27 million. Yep. This could be a big uh you know a a a a, a microwaved little uh little little franchise, mm-hmm. you know, uh especially as you know, you, you you have all this like young adult fantasy stuff that's really, really hot. You got to wonder why this hasn't been done, especially if, you know, right now there is this weird renaissance of like the art of CGI. Mm-hmm. If you look at like, you know, what they're doing with uh, the new Jungle Book, what they're doing with, um, you know, what they did with Mad Max of like CGI is not a dirty word anymore. You right, know, right. You, you can do really, really, really realistic stuff. Uh, and a never-ending story. I mean, geez, if, if even just to to get a, a new rebooted version of uh of that that theme song, like that would that that that's a hit. Right <laughs> so so uh, I never-ending story. <laughs> I am a complete agreement with you. I think it's a great pick, and I think that it has potential. The movie I would think of uh, when trying to think of a good movie that took practical effects and fantasy and meshed in CGI in a way that felt organic was. Say what you want about the way the plot was handled, but where the wild things are, uh, from Spike Jones. Spike yeah, Lee, Spike I mean Jones, that almost Spike doesn't Jones. count because it's a Spike Jones movie, bro. Well, right? true, like, but he did. But he did this thing where they had giant Henson Workshop Muppets, and then yeah. they CGI'd faces on them for the actual emotions and the and the speaking parts, and it worked really, really well. Like that yes. looked really cool. So if you're looking for, I guess, an organic kind of furry approach, not furry. Well, but but that also worked in that weird it didn't matter if it's in the uncanny valley because it's a spike jones movie and his aesthetic kind of lives in this soft creepiness kind of world that's true uh so so yeah but i mean i think the idea of bringing a defined visual aesthetic to something is uh something that would really really help the never-ending story absolutely i I agree hi caller who's this hello (laughs) there we are hey guys hi oh is this brandon this is Brandon. Hey, How's man. It going? Nice to hear from you. What's uh, what's on your mind in terms of films? Yeah. So, I don't, you want to know what, Brandon? I'm sorry. I, I don't want to cut you off. Let go me ahead. Just go ahead. Right now, uh, The Magic School Bus is a horrifying oh. franchise, <laughs> and, and, and Miss Frizzle should be in jail for the repeated danger that she puts those kids through. That is a, that is a, she's a criminal. Yeah, but it's a great way to learn about the colon or whatever, right? You're flying through the colon, the colon. In, a, in a bus. That's all I remember about the Magic School Bus. bus oh my, was flying through the colon. Person. All right. Idi Amin killed less people than uh, than Miss Frizzle. All right. Sorry, Brandon. Go ahead. All right. Go ahead, man. That's all right. So you guys have seen like the commercials for the Jungle Book movie, right? Yeah. It looks. I think it looks great. Well, early reviews and early buzz on that is pretty pretty hot, but I, I like what I'm seeing. Yeah, so so my, my, my question is, like, if we're getting into making these old uh, animated... Um, movies into CGI, just big uh, uh, AAA movies or whatever you'd call that. I'd really love to see uh, the Fox and the Hound remade. Oh, that'd be I right. love that movie. So, it's one of my favorites. So that's considered by many to be one of the movies Disney made that doesn't hold up and that we should not revere. Uh, they That is seen as one of those like Black Cauldron era, Disney's <laughs> lost their way, the magic is gone, and it wasn't until... Little Mermaid that the magic came back, uh, so there. So I'm going to agree with him that there's some fertile ground there because I don't think there's anything in, in particular wrong with that stuff. It's just the the national and the international taste for such for these things changed, and yeah. we weren't able to <clears throat> bring it back for a little while. Now that it's all kind of back, and we're out of the 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 realm of, uh, you know, CG based stories only need to look, look like toys. Otherwise, they're you know everything's too stiff. We're out of that now. We're in the very organic. I keep saying organic. We're in that phase where, you know, uh, Zootopia, everybody looks like a furry animal. They animate really well. It's nice and smooth. You don't even think about herky-jerky stiff animation anymore. Now would be the time if you're going to make a hound, a fox and the hound movie. And I would be all for I'm that. I'm going to say, and now are we looking at this as mocap CGI real world with talking animals? Like, he brought up Jungle Book. He brought up Jungle Book. So I'm going to guess he means like interacting with people and maybe it is a, you know, mocap. Here's thing. what I would say if you're going to take a Disney movie from that era that I would go with is The Rescuers. Oh, I love that one. Rescuers, 1977. Fox and the Hound was 1981. Uh, but the rescuers, I feel like 
gives you a little bit more to work with that feels kind of contemporary mm -hmm. that you can do a kind of rollicking uh, spy adventure thing with the cute animals that are talking to each other and everything. Uh, and, and, and that way, it, it doesn't necessarily have to just feel... Because, I mean, even Jungle Book's so iconic that it doesn't matter how you do it, people are going to be interested in seeing it, sure, right? Sure, sure. Uh, and it looks like Jon Favreau's just kind of knocked it out of the park. Rescuers or Fox and the Hound is something where it's like, all right, is it going to be kind of babe? Like, you know, there's already sort of even like a history of that kind of movie. Rescuers, you know, a, a family-friendly Jason Bourne, you know, kind of uh, <laughs> thing with with, uh, with animals, I feel like could be really, really rad. Yeah, it would be all right. I like the sequel a lot, and I'm, I don't know if other people do, but I liked uh, The Rescuers no, that, Down that Under. That got me into it because I... I mean, you know, I wasn't born when the first one came out, but mm -hmm. the sequel came out in 1990. Mm -hmm. It was a full 13 years after uh, the release of the original Rescuers that Rescuers Down Under came out. And that's where I wound up going back and watching the first Rescuers because that was very much in my wheelhouse mm -hmm. as a young lad. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it also it introduced some CGI elements. They had some pretty cool like uh, technology on display with traditional animation matched up with, with 3D stuff. So there was a lot to say good about that. Bringing them back. Is I'm trying to what I'm trying to do in today's conversations, and it is interesting that everybody keeps bringing up kids stuff. By the way, I think that's interesting. Yeah. Um, it's almost as if they were kids when they <laughs> saw it, and then they have very, very, very friendly and fond nostalgic memories of it. Well, take one of my picks, Time Bandits. I would kill for a Time Bandits remake. Okay, all right. Now bite your tongue. All right, biting it. Time Bandits. Yeah. Terry Gilliam. Yep. You want somebody not Terry Gilliam <laughs> to remake a Terry Gilliam movie? No, like, I want to him to do it. I want him to do it. He can do it. That's fine. So you want Terry Gilliam to remake his own movie. Correct. And I want him to do it. I want him to do it. There. That's all I'll say about it. I want him to do it. Now, I wouldn't say no to Time Bandits being completely converted into a you know i use shrek as a bad example but a shrek level cgi tale i want him to direct it still but i want to have and so i want his feel and look and everything else think of wes anderson and you know fantastic mr fox as an example sure uh so i still want the terry gilliam sauce on my burger but i want a new take on that burger it's one of my favorite movies of all time and i'm not saying again this is all the perspective of they're probably going to remake everything anyway so what stuff do we want them to do? And before Terry, Terry Gilliam dies, have him be the one to do it. That's all I'm saying. Okay. I mean, I guess to <laughs> ask that there are few directors for whom are so tied to their work yeah. that for them to look back would make it different. And I don't know if it would be good. And for somebody else to take, to, to do their take on it, it would take an almost equivalent talent to make something so fresh and interesting, fresh and interesting again. Yeah. Right. So Time Bandit scares me. Like if, if I, I, if I would rather somebody that has, you know, let's say, uh, uh, you know, a very, I mean, that's the other thing is that Terry Gilliam's sensibility is just so unique. It's like he just has all the slapstick and all the bizarre and nothing in between, right? Mm -hmm. And then finds the humane moments in, in that very weird and peculiar Venn diagram. And Time Bandits is so iconic because it's child-friendly, yeah. you know, unlike so many of his other uh, his other movies that, you know, resort to, to mature themes. So uh, it is, but it isn't. Like, one of the things that movie is great at is somehow blurring that line. His parents explode by touching a microwave and become clumps of coal in the microwave. There's a guy who has severed limbs hanging in his ship and his wife is preparing them all for dinner. Uh, there's a scene where Robin Hood's camp has an re um, arm wrestling match and one of them rips the arm off another guy and throws it away. Like there are some pretty hardcore moments oh, of. Oh, oh, without a doubt. But yeah. at the same time, that very much falls into the kind of like. Uh, Raw doll, like uh, 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 harder elements to children's tales, for which we've kind of lost in our in our modern era. You know, like it, it's almost like a, a callback to, you know, like like the, like the grim fairy tales or something like that, where there's <laughs> weird, bizarre stuff going on that's kind of meant to be unsettling to children. That we've, in general, you know, like Disney can't really, uh, you know, put out something 
like that. But now, chat room, a free ranger in the chat room says, I want a remake of Blade Runner. Is that heresy? Well, you're getting a sequel. Getting one. Yeah. 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 Now you're not getting a remake. So maybe we have to define that uh, remake, meaning starting over new actors, new everything. No, no. I mean, I would say it's, it's fine. I mean, like, like this is what you get. Right. So let, somebody says, let's remake Blade Runner. And then all of a sudden people are like, OK, well, you know, the studio that has the rights to it still has a relationship with Ridley Scott. Let's call Ridley Scott, see whether he'd be interested in producing a Blade Runner sequel. And Ridley Scott's like, oh, I don't know. I'm Ridley Scott. I think that uh, I'll just direct a sequel. And they're like, fine, could. We literally just want something in theaters that says Blade Runner on it. So, you know, you you, you do you, dog. We're going to be out here by the pool catching rays. Right. Well, that's a good point. And he is doing it, right? He's not just producing or something. He's directing. I believe he's doing it. Okay. Well, see, there's a good example of bringing, you know, the old guy back and letting him have his way. Hi, caller. You're on the air. Who's this? This is Jordan from Ohio. How are you guys doing? Good, man. It's good to hear from you. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, are you guys talking about what movies should be remade? Is that what I read? Yeah. That is. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, my, uh, my suggestion, at least a movie that I think would be kind of rad to remake, would be uh, like the old Christmas movies. Um, and just kind of don't like straight up remake them. I'm thinking like White Christmas is the one that's in my mind. Don't straight up remake them, but kind of retell them in more of a modern type setting you know i'm trying to remember uh, white christmas is the bing crosby business where all those songs yeah. originated okay yeah i kind of vaguely remember it uh yeah they go on the train they go to vermont there's no snow they want snow it's, it's awesome you watch it with your grandparents every year yeah i'd be all right with that i mean justin there's there's a comeback of of uh, musicals that's the thing we're doing more of right so why not a christmas musical why not white christmas with i don't know george clooney and and I don't know who it would be. I can't think of anybody who sings well and would do, you know, do well in a modern a modern what, take on what, that. You know, what's funny is that they almost kind of did that with uh, the the Bill Murray Christmas special on on Netflix. They mm -hmm. certainly did something that was inspired by those kind of films, where it's really just a a a bunch of you know plot quote unquote to put you know comedy gags in between song numbers, yeah. and then by the end of that. They literally just abandoned the entire plot. And they're like, ah, oh, Bill Murray fell asleep. Uh, let's just put him and George Clooney and Miley Cyrus on a soundstage. And, and even, like, make a joke. Like, Bill Murray's like, anyway, we're in a soundstage in Queens. And it's like, all right, fine, man. Just sing your songs, Miley. Uh, yeah, so, I didn't uh, see that, by the way. Was that worth seeing? I, I still don't. Uh, it was, I'll tell you what. Uh, and and uh, uh, for, for, for anybody in the audience that, you know, is just uh, sitting around with either uh, someone they love on during the Christmas holidays and you're uh, halfway through a glass of eggnog, it was not not the worst thing in the world. It was it was it was pretty, uh, pretty charming. Yeah, well, I uh, but I will say no. I, I'm all for that. I think that there is kind of Scott, do you feel like there is a revival of wholesome entertainment? Like like the idea of like it's it's now kind of cool to be post ironic and just say like no we're just gonna do a big we're gonna get all the Disney kids and they're all gonna sing uh, sing a song and then at the end you know Justin Bieber's gonna be curled up in a manger and and the weekend's gonna come out and he's gonna be <laughs> the old mechanic that'll you know sing Parumpa Pum Pum or something. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree that there's a change, and I I'll I'll point back not to say Scott said so, but I will point back as long ago as 2008. Take credit. A very Trumpian move to take credit that you were right all along. Low energy. Uh, 2008, 2009 or so, I made the comment right around the Breaking Bad business Yeah. that this is a, we're having a shift right now, a cultural entertainment shift towards anti-heroes, and we're going to be in this for a while, and we're yeah. going to enjoy the hell out of it, and it's going to happen from TV to movies and everything in between, and we're going to have people we root for that are really kind of bad in some ways, but we root for them anyway, and there's going to be a big spate of that, and there was, and there is. That stuff's still out there. I think that, like all things, they tend to be cyclical, and we are going to be swinging back the other way, and some of it begins with, backlash against movies like Batman versus Superman or or Man of Steel you where stole the point. Oh yeah, we're not supposed to bring oh, it up. Oh, you stole the point, but I, I totally agree with you. It's like it's almost as if there's <laughs> one franchise that 
uh, embraces these kind of unironic or, uh, you know, I'm just going to do good for the sake of doing good heroes. There's another franchise that's all pouts and frowns and questions of why, oh, why, why poor me? And one of them's doing really well and one of them's not doing so well. <laughs> exactly. I think that that is, and there are people who I know personally who used to want not nothing. Not specific movie because we said we weren't. No, gonna we weren't going to bring it up. I know. But they, I've got friends who say very specifically, I want dark movies. And they said this in like 2008. Yeah. And when they got them, they were thrilled. And they're the same people today that say, why can't DC or why can't someone else put a little more color in their movies? Why can't they do like Marvel where it's fun and exciting? Why can't there be more movies like Star Wars, which takes you back to when you were a kid and it's all about adventure and trying to do good. And it was a clearer cut between good and evil. Like we are swinging back. Well, so. and I, I think that like uh, th there's there's certainly a, a line now in terms of that kind of storytelling where complexity doesn't always have to be moral amb uh, ambiguity. You yeah. can you can have complex stories told where somebody is just a good guy. They don't have to worry about like, oh, I don't know, I'm going to save this person, but should I also sell these drugs? Um, <laughs> like you can you can have one and not the other and still have it be interesting. But beyond that, on a more meta level, you know, you mentioned. We're doing live versions of Grease yeah. on on TV, you yeah. know, and it's all about it's getting huge buzz from young people that are like, "Hey, look, I just like people singing well. Let's focus on the craft. Let's let's make it good, make it fun, and and that's really interesting. And I think that that's why White Christmas that caller was dead on. That'd be great. Yep. Caller, where are you calling from? Hey, it's Gabe from San Francisco. How yeah, are you? Yeah, was another regular dude, Gabe. What's up, Gabe? Hey, uh, so remake of movies. What about Space Jam? Like, what artist, like, what athlete can take the mantle if you remade Space Jam? And does it have to be Looney Tunes? All right. So my memory is, first of all, yeah. yes, it has to be Looney Tunes. That's who owns the rights to all that stuff. Um, but uh, I heard somewhere, aren't we getting one of these? And it's like, what's his name? Um, the he LeBron James. LeBron James. Isn't that happening? LeBron James has been tied to Space Jam. For a a while, whether or not that will happen, yeah, is something different. Uh, so here, uh, this is a story from 2005 in August. LeBron James hints at Space Jam. We just need the Looney Tunes. Uh, LeBron James had has uh, formed a partnership at Warner Brothers, and many wonders if a sequel to Space Jam is in the works. Yeah. Uh, wasn't there I'll Space Jam 2 already? Didn't we already have one of those or some directed DVD thing or something? Maybe. I mean, Space Jam is one of those cultural touchstones yeah. for my generation that is unshakable. It's a 90s kid thing. The website's still up untouched. It is a special yeah. piece of historic Hello. entertainment. Oh, hi. Now, I will say this. Caller, hold on for a second. Uh, the, the Space Man, Jam... shut your mouth. If we're... Yeah. Okay. That's, That's a, somebody with a with a. Uh, uh, I'm glad that I talked over the soundboard. <laughs> I feel like the soundboard operator panicked because like 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 oh no I blew my wand I should have waited and then made it uh, but no it was just noise. I'm glad that my sixth sense kicked in and I talked over it. That was great. Uh, this is um, this is something that I, I find very very interesting uh, because. LeBron James, although very much a family man and, and, and puts his image out there as, as a good father and there's no reason to doubt that, I feel like the better person to do it is, and I'll be a homer here because they play uh, a few miles from my apartment, but Steph Curry, who is very skinny, mm -hmm. does not look like the traditional Michael Jordan uh, uh, mega athlete, mm -hmm. very family friendly, has his little daughter up on uh, the, 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 the dais when he does press conferences and everything, everything just being adorable. I feel like he, in if he supernovas into national crossover star, that he would be perfect. Hello. Jam. Oh, hi. Another caller. <laughs> hi. I was just calling because I live down the street from you. I don't believe him. Okay, he's gone. So yeah. yeah. How about this one? Hi, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, who's this? This is Lady Dog in the chat room. Lady Dog. You sound like a real caller, and that makes me happy. What's going on? Oh, what's up? Hey, what's up? I would like uh, another movie in the Fifth Element universe. Maybe oh. a reboot or just another movie there. Oh, Either that or maybe a reboot of Short Circuit. I think it's time for a wacky <laughs> comedy with a mischievous robot and a racist Indian stereotype. <laughs> 
All right, I like both your ideas. Let's just let's just briefly cover both. Um, wait, what was the first one? I forgot already. Uh, a a movie in the fifth element. Oh right, this is cold medicine talking. All right, so uh, yes, please. And it's a it's a remake. That's fine. There's actually big problems with that original. I don't want to take any heat on this. Nobody keep your emails to yourselves. I love that movie. I love everything about it, except it's Light got it some up. problems. Light it up. It's what, got some what, problems. What's your problem? Uh, I think that it's uneven in its tone. Uh, it goes from a little slapstick to a little serious sci-fi to a little something in between. Uh, back to some really annoying slapstick. I cannot stand Chris Tucker's character. I can't stand it. Ruby Rod? Yes. It's the worst thing in the movie. There's many great things in it. There are a few that are just clunky and weird. I wanted it to be... <sighs> I wanted it to be more consistent. That being said, I have huge fond feelings for it. I love the universe of it. I love everything about it. I'd take either a remake or a sequel. Sequel's going to be hard, I think, though. Well, no, it, it, it might not be, right? Mm. Luke Basson, who directed the original, yep. uh, not only is to this day very prolific, but has pretty much franchised out every other hit that he's ever had. You know, he, he produced... The Taken movies, uh, you know, uh, this is, uh, he, he did uh, Lucy. Now there's going to be a Lucy 2. Uh, there's there's a lot of stuff that he has very, very, very well done. And I think that that caller is is very prescient because it's, now that Star Wars is going to have a movie a year in theaters where everybody's excited about space, uh, I, not to, to tell you any tales out of school, but Hollywood is a monkey see, monkey do industry. If if we're spending a lot of time in theaters watching spacemen, they will put as many space people on those screens as possible. So yeah. I think a new a fifth element would be very, very cool. All right, I'm in. Who's uh, who's on the line with us now? What's your name? They hung up. They got chicken. What was the other one that he was saying, though? It was fifth element. Fifth element and... Oh no! I have too much Dayquil in me. I don't know. Oh no! It was uh, uh, Fifth Element, and then uh, oh oh oh, fi uh, uh, Short Circuit. Short Circuit. Let's, I, let's, are you? It, that's a shocker. That's a terrible. That Short movie. Circuit hasn't hasn't done a remake, right? <laughs> not really, because if you look at the go back and watch it, it's bad. It's not great. You were only you only liked it like I did when you were a kid. If you oh. were a kid or a teenager, you went, yeah, dude, talking robots. This is funny. And then you see Number it. One, yeah. uh, Los Lobos kick your balls into outer space. <laughs> because, uh, that is, uh, uh, now I haven't watched it since I was five, yeah. but uh, I, I'm sure that I'd be very, very happy with it. Here's what I would say, though. Are you telling me that it would not be exciting if you walk to your local multiplex and you just see those, those big block uh, red eyes with the uh, you know the 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 uh, eyebrows going up and they're just next summer alive again. <laughs> You're excited about that. Would it have plinky piano with the whatever the theme was? So we all uh, we all thought, oh, I recognize that song. Except it's a, just a slow plinky piano version of it. Jeez, they uh, all do it. Jurassic World, Star Wars, freaking. Uh, the, the the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. they're Ghostbusters. all doing it. That's the hot thing to share. You're on the air. Who's this? Hello? That person hung up again. Let's try this one. Hi, you're on the air. Who is this? Hey, guys. It's uh, Cameron from Carmel Valley. Hey, man. What's uh, what's up with Cam? you? Yeah. Uh, not, not much. Um, Scott, you know me as Sun Devils. Um, oh, dude. Let me just say something, about, let me say something about Sun Devils real quick. I've yeah. never seen a, somebody look. This is very inside baseball. If you haven't played Overwatch yet, you don't know what I'm talking about. But Sun Devils, as the Reaper or as Reaper in that game, will make you pee your pants like you're two. He is an, a dangerous freaking threat to be dangerous man. Yeah, very dangerous man. All right, Sun Devils, go ahead. So I, I got two: the Goonies and Princess Bride. Ooh, interesting. So we we mentioned Goonies earlier, but Princess Bride's beloved. Justin, like, how do you mess with that? How do you, how do you dig back into a film that still today holds up pretty well? Like, there's not a lot of reason to remake the thing. Princess Bride, which to this day, let me ask you a question. How many actors from Princess Bride can you name? Because I feel like there's a bunch. Mandy Patinkin. Uh, <laughs> uh, 
uh, uh, uh, the dude from um, uh, the Saw movie. Um, <laughs> I think it was his name. He didn't really do much, but you still know him. Um, he's you got prince. one so far. Okay, uh, uh, Wallace Shawn. Um, I mean, a lot of these guys were acting before this, but still. No, yeah, yeah, but like I'm just saying, my my point is is not necessarily like to quiz you, but rather to show how many famous, like like that cast. To this day, has stood up extremely well. Uh, of of course, uh, Andre the Giant, Fred Savage, Robin Wright, Peter Falk. Uh, you know the the Billy Crystal. I mean, you know th this is a, a crazy movie. But I feel like if you're going to do it, you would need to do it as an all star cast, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. Like this would be like, hey, no, young Hollywood, congrat. This is your mega movie. Yeah. We're going to put everybody under twenty five. In, in this remake, and and, is, and we're going to try to make it the biggest thing on the planet. You could probably get away with Daisy Ridley in, is the role of uh, Robin Wright. You could probably get her job. Uh, you could probably... So you don't have to have, like... Well, <laughs> who am I kidding? She's probably the most well-known female actress in the world at the moment. So maybe she doesn't count, but well, I, yeah, and I would almost, I would almost think, yeah, you want to, I don't know, I, that that would be that would be an interesting, an interesting choice, uh, and and of course, uh, uh, it was it was Carrie L's uh, second most famous role next to Robin Hood Men in Tights. Uh, <laughs> caller, what are you, uh, what what are you calling about? I hate that movie. Hello, 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 hello. Hey, who's this? Caller. Hey, this is uh, Chad, uh, also known as Wargus AIE on Twitter. Hey, man, nice to have you here. What's uh, what's what's coming out of your uh, two barrels today? What's up? Well, uh, well, it's been years since I've heard or since I've seen a really good traditional western, yeah. and with uh, with Scott Eastwood kind of coming out as an actor now, I guess he's going to be in uh, Suicide Squad and a few other things. How about uh, some not necessarily remakes, but sequels of The Man with No Name? All right, so here's the deal. Scott Eastwood, son of Clint Eastwood, uh, seems yeah. seems to be on the rise. Seems to have got gotten some uh, some wind under those wings of his. There, I think that's great and all. I don't necessarily need all my western sequels, however, to be Clint Eastwood dynasties. I would be happy if they remade. Well, I, I don't know if I'd be happy, but again, this is all the premise that they're going to remake it anyway. So we got to get on board and pick what we want. Yeah. So if you're going to remake it anyway, I wouldn't turn down a remake of Silverado, one of my favorite. Very accessible, speaking of accessible films, Westerns of all time. I love that movie. Uh, Kevin Klein and uh, everyone else. Can't think of all their names. Yeah, 1985, Silverado, <clears throat> Kevin Klein, Scott Glenn, Kevin Costner, Danny Glover. Took a date to that movie. Had one of the best times ever. Don't remember the girl's name, but I sure remember everything about <laughs> that movie. I loved that movie in ways that are almost embarrassing how much I love Directed it. by Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah, writer of Star Wars. was the next movie he did after... Uh, after Empire, yeah, right? Yeah, his very next film after Empire. He wrote and directed it. Uh, was uh, it was it was awesome. He went on after this to do what was the uh, the Wyatt Earp one? Just called Earp, I think. Yeah, uh, the one that was like it was Deep Impact Armageddon for them that year because it was Tombstone and Earp, <laughs> and Tombstone and Earp were uh, were up against each other, and Tombstone generally won out as the more crowd pleasing movie, much in the way that Armageddon beat out Deep Impact. But yeah, bottom line is. More Westerns all the time is all you have to say to me. I am a giant fan of anything to do with Westerns. I believe that the reason Star Wars succeeds is because it's basically a Western. That's the template. I think Mad Max Fury Road was the biggest Western made in 2015. Yeah. Like, you can dress these any way you want, but there's a structure and a, and a molecular level build to those movies that I crave fortnightly. So, let me pitch a director for you. Go for it. I would love to see uh, a Western done by Michelle McLaren. Oh, yeah. She's uh, did a bunch of Breaking Bad and uh, Game of Thrones. She has been work. kind of the director yeah. for Game of Thrones and Breaking Bad, two very visually striking uh, uh, or, uh, visually striking uh, t TV series that have redefined uh, what it means to be uh, you know that kind of thing. Apparently, according to Breaking Bad, set a lot of the visual template of of that like big sky mm -hmm. uh you know amazing contrast uh you know style for that show and i think you know the way she shoots deserts alone Would like be, just give uh, and that's what what a, a what a good western can do mm -hmm. for a director like that is all you got to do is get a good performance out of three actors yep 
Make it look great. The plot doesn't have to be simple. We got to get this horse from town A to town B and, and someone's trying to steal it. Yeah. Right. And we find out that the horse is really the mayor and uh, and that's it. Like, you don't have to be all that. You know, you don't have to be on it like, you know, uh, double crosses. You know, it's, it's just just a, a thing. You know, someone doing right by by the people that need right being done by. Yeah. Which are really everywhere, uh, including this caller. Hi, who's this? Hello. This is, I think there's one caller. Just keeps I think calling. it's the same, yeah, same person. Hi, who's this? Yeah, dude. All right, same guy as before. I wish I had a way to block these numbers. What's what's great is they don't realize that I actually have their number. So, yeah. So, like, if somebody wants to call and just say hello to the following number, you could if you want to. Here it is. You ready? Yeah, sure. Uh, dial a one first. Uh, 858-225-7702. That's 858 225 <laughs> 7702. That person probably has no idea that they're about to get called. There we go. We'll just call them and say, like, hey, man, what's up? Like, I feel like like you just need someone to talk to. Yeah, just you need a friend. All right, how yeah. about this one? I got one to blow your mind with. Ready? All right, go. MASH. The MASH movie. Oh. And use it as a way to parlay into a whole new series. Now, just stay with me for a second. All right. I think that MASH is wonderful. It is an iconic moment in American television history. Uh, the film itself is pretty great. And you've got really great directors now. Joss Whedon would be a great ensemble director for a film like that, where dialogue between characters is everything. And you base it on the book. You, you just do a modern adaptation. Not modern adaptation, but an adaptation of that story. Hell, you can even take it and put it in Afghanistan if you want. I don't care. Just need to have your medical things going on and your your stuff and your... Your, your comedy mixed with dramedy, and then you parlay it into a proper TV show that doesn't need a laugh track. Yeah. That is now in today's wonderful time where that is no longer the stigma of comedies where if you don't do it, you feel like you're going to get canceled. Yeah. And you make a proper MASH reboot across the board, I would sign up for this in a heartbeat. So MASH, let's talk about MASH for a second. All right, let's talk about MASH. Uh, MASH is about the Korean War, right? Yeah. The Korean War went from 1950 to 1953. The MASH movie, which predated uh, the series, came out in 1970. So Correct. you were 12 years after the end, and there was a conclusive end to that war, yeah. right? Kind Korean. of unlike yeah. what has happened in Iraq and Afghanistan, where it's like, yeah, the wars have ended, and yet there are still mm -hmm. friends and loved ones going overseas and 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 dying. Does that preclude us from having a great laugh a minute time with characters that are currently at a war zone? And I say this with the larger question being, do you got to just set it in the Korean War again? Well, all right. Here's the deal. That was a even then it was a thinly veiled uh, uh, analog to what was happening very recently in Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah. So that that show was never really about Korea. I mean, it was, but it was never really about that. It but was about it, Vietnam. It, but it made the point to have the difference, right? Because right. they felt people didn't want to laugh about Vietnam, yeah. but they would want to laugh about the Korean War. I'm saying, is the Korean War the funniest war of all time? <laughs> Hello? Hi, who's this? Hello? Hi, who's this? Hello? Can you hear us? Uh, if you can hear me. All right, there's another faker. It's one of those faker types. Yeah, man, we're getting like we're we're getting pretty good. Now, man. here's the People... worst part about it. Usually, we go, "Oh, that's because there's weirdos on Twitch who just ran into us." Nope, not on Twitch anymore. Oh, it's just weirdos on YouTube who just stumbled upon the show. Nope, these nope. are these are diamond clubbers, man. Oh, these are not diamond clubbers. These are our Twitter followers. We're just we just have done this enough times that they're like, oh, I got to remember to be available uh, to, to to troll the show. Yeah, good point. Um, all right, so let's just. Just hear me out, though. So MASH, yeah. MASH is tailor-made. I, I, you, you, you make a good point about you set it in modern military and you're maybe maybe you're screwing up. Like maybe you could do it in the original Iraq invasion. Maybe that's where you do it. I don't 91. know. 91. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe that's the setting. Yeah. Now we're cooking. Or maybe it's Vietnam again. Or maybe it's some other uh, conflict. Vietnam, Vietnam's the least funniest war. Yeah. That's not a, there's no, no one's yeah. laughing in that war. We went, we went back to back with the funniest war and the least funniest war. <laughs> But but it would be, I mean, here's the problem, though. How would you, even if you did a straight-up remake of MASH and said, here's Hawkeye and here's Frank and here's all these people, and oh, ho, ho, the, the Korean War was a funny war, 
Is it though? Like, I don't know if you can do it today. People are too, they're too in the know about how hideous any of these conflicts well, are. Even I mean, if, if, if we were going to do it, it would be now, yeah. right? Because we're far enough away from, you know, we had that cultural shift of like, no, now even joking about saying, oh, support the troops is like a bad thing, which happened like right after 9-11, which understandable, right? You know, right. You're, the nation's in a fragile psyche, right? Mm -hmm. We're a little bit far enough away from that where now we can at least discuss with more complexity the idea of of uh, the, the, the issues that happen out in the war, right? Yeah. Which leads to, opens the door just a crack for us to maybe find funny things happening uh, uh, during or around that concept. I, I wonder whether or not, the only thing that you could do is to call it MASH. Because mm -hmm. I don't think that you could do a new show that's like, look at all this wackety schmackety war stuff. Like, <laughs> oh no, Colonel Fart <laughs> fell on a chicken. Like, uh, Colonel not... Fart fell on a chicken. Oh, ah, damn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. The, the YOLO guy. Uh, yeah, it's an 801 number. So I'm sorry, everybody at, at, at uh, uh, area code 801, but we're not picking up any more 801. Yeah, which is my area code. And also now I look at that call that actually came to this number that we put out. So they've figured out a way to loop it. Somebody's really doing some hackery here. Is what's going on? Someone, someone's really getting, uh, getting sassy, getting yeah. sassy on the keyboard. I don't like it. Uh, any other films jump out at you as like absolute fodder? Uh, All right. Before we wrap things up, I, I feel like there's some that we're just not thinking of, and I don't want to touch some holy grails. Like I don't want to go near Back to the Future. I don't want to go near um, the Indiana Jones as a reboot necessarily. Um, All right, and we talked about indie before. Back yeah. to the Future is going to happen eventually. It's just a matter, like literally, the only thing stopping that from happening is is nobody wants to displease Steven Spielberg. Sure, you know, and and until Steven Spielberg says that he wants to do it, uh, uh, that that is the only thing. You can roll over Robert Zemeckis. You can roll over Bob Hale. Everybody else can get rolled over. You can't roll over Spielberg because he's effectively the the Pope of Hollywood. Uh, <laughs> All right. Let me give you a movie. Okay. You could do it cheap. This could be one of those those uh, uh, purge budget, like, uh, uh, you know, the, the Conjuring, those like 10, 15 million dollar movies. They live. Oh, oh, my. Uh, with uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper. And, and uh, 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 Keith David. Keith David. Yep. There's a great that fight scene is, is infamous. Uh, people with the X-ray ugly face. Uh, so I feel like that's a flick. That's so much smarter than you think it's going to be. Yeah. You can just put random like the the like I, I you would look for like when Ch everybody thought that Channing Tatum was just the, the 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 dancing kid from the dancing movies. Yeah. Like, you know, you can you can do something like that. Someone that's a little bit more uh, a, a brainy than you think that but it's got a good look to him. Uh so iconic. I'm shocked that they haven't remade that movie. Yeah. Um, I wonder if it's just not, I feel like, I feel like a lot of guys, a lot of dudes saw it. I don't know that it's a widely recognized thing in the, in the greater populace. Like, but I don't, I don't so, think it, it's such an easy premise, right? A trailer, rando dude, <laughs> finds up glasses, glasses show a, a, a horrifying truth about our world. He does something about it. Like, bada bing, bang, boom. This is super easy. <laughs> You're doing, this is the best Hollywood, uh, I don't know what you are, promoter I've ever seen. This I'm, is amazing. I'm just saying, man, put me in the boardroom. I'm going to sell this bitch. All right. Hey, caller, what do you got to call about? Hey, uh, this is Cameron from Colorado. I was thinking about Gremlins. Oh, Gremlins. Okay, where do you stand to call her on Gremlins 2, though? Where do you, how do you feel about that, that sequel? You know, that, I was a kid. I was a kid at the time, and I thought it was hilarious. All I right. enjoyed it. But. All right. What's your name again? Just so we yeah. give you credit here. What was your name? Cameron. Cameron, that's right. Cameron, thanks, man. Uh, Gremlins, that's probably ripe for... I mean, that's... As much as the, that movie was responsible, or was partially responsible for pushing the PG-13 rating, that and uh, Temple of Doom were kind of the big uh, impetus movies for, for pushing that uh, through. It, uh, 
Still, though, very approachable by kids. It's just gross-out humor and, you know, blowing up aliens in, in microwaves and stuff. No big deal. Yeah. I think I think you could do that. Make these little CGI dudes running around. Make it a little more, uh, you know, a little more real. I mean, you got to figure on toys alone. <laughs> like, you, 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 you know, there's there's some studio that's like, come on, how much money can we make on on on, on gremlins and uh, and mogwais? Yeah, these things are, are, are a huge seller now. You know, I'm sure that there's some bean counter that's like, you know, uh, with a little a uh, little polish on this, we can get this number up uh, sky high. Yeah, let's spit shine yeah. this thing. Yeah, I guess the, the the question is though is that original is so 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 good because it was this great mashing of humor that was darker than you thought it was going to be with this very uh, stock kind of like goofball hero gets the girl saves the day kind of eighties plot. Mm -hmm. You 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 would almost wonder whether or not. I mean, uh, although it does set itself up perfectly for. Uh, for for a reboot, right? You know, a lot of towns have a lot of you know small Chinese mystery shops where you can. Uh, <laughs> That's you know, true, oh, and you get a free, free Frogert or whatever. Uh, we got a caller on the line. Who's this? Hey, it's Greg from Phoenix. Hey, man, what's up? Hey, so um, along similar lines, I I I will admit I'm coming into the show a bit late, so it might have been covered. But how about like? family-friendly 80s comedies like Goonies or uh, Adventures in Babysitting, something like that ah. that you know, everybody could enjoy. Well, we Did talked Adventures in Babysitting get a remake? Not that I know of. Caller, do you know? Oh, no, no, I don't, no. I don't think it has. That was exactly like Adventures in Babysitting. What was it? What's it called? There was, there was a recent movie where it was... Oh, oh my God. I'm, I'm going to be driven nuts. Oh, 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 oh. With uh, the uh, uh, the uh, oh, I know who you're talking about the the kid from Wolf of Wall Street and not kid but um the the fat guy <laughs> yes the fat guy uh, it's uh it's uh yeah he gets roped into babysitting a bunch of kids it's super hard R yeah um super bad level R including well he was on super bad as well Adventures in Babysitting another Chris Columbus movie yeah uh oh man. Exactly. Elizabeth Shue, of course, plays our our uh, our ingenue uh, babysitter who uh, goes on our titular adventure. I just watched her yesterday for Film Sack on The Saint, which is a shit ball movie. <laughs> that movie sucks. Let me let me take. I'm gonna I'm gonna point this one at you. How about The Saint for remake? Okay, point me, point me. What do you got? Uh, 1986's. Hold uh, on, caller. Hold on, caller. 1986's Flight of the Navigator. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, I remember loving that. Dude, you can get Paul Rubens back as the voice of Max. <laughs> he's, 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 he's happy to be working right now. Oh, dude, he's he's on cloud nine. Caller, what do you think? Flight of the Navigator, yes or no? Flight of the Navigator is pretty rad, and there's that little weird alien that pops out of the thing with the thing, and it's weird. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. I agree. Well, what uh, what's your <laughs> suggestion? What do you think? Uh, well, I don't actually know what we're talking about. Oh, movies movies that should be uh, remade. <laughs> You're the same guy that called last week and said, I don't know what's going on. You're the same guy, aren't you? I love that. You're my favorite not, guy that calls in. I'm not the same guy. Oh, uh, you sound like him. <laughs> my, well, no, no. My name's Johnson. I'm uh, I'm in midtown Manhattan right now. Uh-huh. Uh, block sweet. away from Trump Tower. Oh, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah, cool. that's uh, great. Well, and I live in the, I live in the, the Williamsburg in the, in, in the Clip Clock. <laughs> Sounds great. Well, so all right. So here, I'm going to ask you a question. If they're yeah. going to remake a movie uh, from your past, something you really used to like, what should it be? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're pulling in this next one. It's been waiting forever. Hi, who's this? Who's this? Hello. Hey, this is Matt from Colorado. Hey, Matt. It's nice What's to have you Maddie? on, man. What's on? What's on your mind, Matt? Yeah. Uh, how about Crawl? Crawl, dude. <laughs> I love Kroll. Perfect. It has fantasy, it has science fiction. It's got great stuff in it. Kroll is a piece of. Already tried to remake Conan, uh -huh. and that was a hot pile of poop. Yeah, you know Conan, but yeah, Conan. Yeah. They made Conan, and they put uh, Cal Drogo in it. Yeah, which I'm sure gives all the uh, fans of the new Aquaman movie just a ton of faith. Uh, <laughs> and and it was just a hot pile of garbage, and nobody saw it. Yeah. If 
Kroll were to get, I mean, like Kroll gets made if that movie is a success, right? Yeah, Kroll is definitely not. Uh, I don't think it's on anyone's list, but I would not deny. Oh, yeah, all those yeah. like Beastmaster and mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. Like you know, that's 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 all. You know, although you know, listen, I'm sure there are plenty of WWE wrestlers who are really <laughs> excited for that genre to come back because they would be perfect to do it. Hey, by the way, before we uh, move on to some plugs here, do you think that we'll ever get to an episode of the show where somebody does the John Cena? Uh, call in board soundboard thing are you, are you trying to make it here's what i've gotten I, I have an idea i actually been behind the scenes i've been talking to somebody who may be able to help us out with a screener type system so really uh, yeah so i'm excited about that uh but you would have to really be on your game yeah oh yeah and like, talk to somebody before you hit the soundboard yep yep you're gonna have to fool another layer of humanity i i feel like uh scott it's anything is possible uh, in, in the world of hotline Monday. And yes, we could have somebody say, well, you know, I would like to see Beastmaster because I believe that the best character is his name is John Cena. Yeah, that's absolutely going to happen. I can feel yeah, it. One day, one day, dare to dream, dare Scott. to dream. Uh, well, what what do, what do you else uh, you you got in in the in the hopper there? All right, so uh, this is so far off this topic, it's ridiculous. Oh, by the way, Kroll was the first movie we did on FilmSack, so it's, I have that that movie is very close to my heart. Um, nice. FilmSack.com for more. Anyway, uh, I'm working on a book with my wife. It's a oh, parent. How's that going? It's a by parenting the way, book. Liam Neeson was in Kroll. Yeah, he's great in that. Nice. Oh yeah, no, Kroll has people in it. You'll be surprised. <laughs> there are actual actors. There are actors in Kroll. It's crazy how that worked and a lot of really fake looking rocks and caves and stuff like star trek style it's great yeah um anyway the uh, and the video game it was based on it the arcade game crawl was really great i love crawl nice uh, uh what was my point oh yeah so we're working on this book it's a parenting book if you are a uh, young, young parent old parent something in between thinking about having kids uh we think we've cooked these buns in the oven long, long enough to have something to say about a few ideas and so we're working on it. it's going to feature a bunch of illustration work from me and my daughter carter which is going to be fun to have that in there uh it's coming out soon we'll be able to announce something soon but i just want to let people know that that's on the horizon if you have any interest in that we'll likely launch some sort of kickstarter and uh it's not boring it isn't dr phil level, level stuff at all it's short sweet to the point funny anecdotal uh goofy how many, pages? Nerdy. How many pages are we looking at here? Don't, don't know yet, but it'll be a square. Ball, but ballpark me. Um, I don't know. 50 to... Okay, I'll tell you right now. I have 47 small subjects that will each have their own illustration. Subject on the left, drawing on the right, next page. So what is that? 80 pages? Gotcha. All right. 100 pages so at the most. Yeah, so heavily uh, very, illustrated, obviously. Very visual, yes. Yeah, that'd be the idea. We don't want it to be boring. That's the main whole point here, and 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 to have it not be useful. It'll have like and this good is, stuff. And this in is in, in the grand tradition of of uh, of folk wisdom. Yes, right? like yes. This is, this is you guys just laying it out in the way that you've seen it. Mm -hmm. There ain't gonna be a whole lot of uh, asterisks as <laughs> like as cited by the Columbia Journal of Medicine <laughs> paper, right? Like right. this is uh, uh, homespun wisdom, the way that we used to care about. In America, yeah, uh, and uh, that's super awesome. And, you pass know, it and this has been yeah. a passion project for for you guys for years and years. Yeah, right? we're just finally getting around to it. And we also feel like the time's right. We've got one who just got married. We have one who's eighteen and going to college, and we have one who's fifteen and getting ready to date and drive a car. It feels like a nice place to say, "Yeah, I feel pretty good about where we're at. We're still sort of in the thick of it, but also have been through it, so we know what's up." So we we feel really good about it, and I think what people are going to get the most out of it is. You're going to smile and go, oh, that's actually pretty good common sense wisdom right there. I'm going to try to apply that to my lives. And you're going to have headers like, uh, it's okay to let them eat cooking chocolate in the dog kennel. And then there's a story about that. And, yeah. you'll, and, you'll, and you'll learn a little something. You'll also laugh probably because it's the biggest, stupidest story ever. And there's lots of little things like that, like the origin of the phrase, no touching or no making out or touching butts. You'll find yeah. out when that was first uttered and why and what that did for my kids as they dated, my daughters as they dated. Uh, anyway, it's going to be fun, and I will, I'll will i have something more official online people can look at soon, but we're hard at work at that thing trying to get it done. What do you, th you think uh, the next like month? Next we're, trying to, we're trying to – the goal is, is to have something on Kickstarter by July and shipping before holidays. So we're trying to get it all like in that timeline. 
Man, you are just a glutton for punishment. I know. You are just you are just like you just got through trying to kill yourself to get something out mm-hmm. uh, uh, and 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 miss the holidays and chipped it afterwards <laughs> and and now you're like no 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 let me just try to do it again let me just try to do a, you know the exact same thing well again. in this particular case there's less well I shouldn't say there's less to do but there's less um, it's a simpler prospect and also we learned a lot about that last deal so we're we're feeling really good about it um, I, I believe in you yeah, I thanks in man you. I believe in the project I think that this is something that you know this and this is a a a a a, a fraction of the region uh, of the reason that uh, nerdtaculars not happening this year part right? of it yeah but, I got a few projects I want to I want to try to crap out before we get to our big 10th anniversary uh, for that so that's part that is absolutely true part of that is that um and, you know, there are other projects as well. This is just one of a few that I'm trying to get out. And it's and it's stuff that we've been thinking about for years, like a decade of thinking about this book. Yeah. So now it's time to do it. Let's get it done. And even if you're not a parent, I think you'll find it kind of a hoot and yeah. visual and a good time. And that's really all I all I want in the end is to give people a nice thing for very little money that they can hang on to and laugh at and share with their friends, family and and enemies. Let me just say this. Not only is uh, I'm sure the wisdom in this book going to be inspiring, but it is inspiring that you guys are doing this book. Mm. You guys are going to blow up Kickstarter, I am sure. <laughs> uh, it is going to be a, a very, very well-funded project. And it, it's something that you can go right to the people with. Mm-hmm. You're not going to worry about the Byzantine world of children's <laughs> instructional publishing yeah. Like uh, you are going to to make the mountain come to Muhammad, and I'm so pumped about that. Well, I'm excited about it too. We'll let you guys know as we get going. It may be a giant, enormous yeah. undertaking that buries me, but I'm still excited about it. Uh, uh, and and in fact, we're so excited about it that we just did a great pitch that would have been awesome <laughs> if the Kickstarter was launched, like two months before the Kickstarter launches. <laughs> Like, that's how excited we are about it, is that we are pumping this thing up. We are giving a huge call to action before anybody can give any kind of money. Do you have, like, a mailing list or anything? No, none of that yet. You know, oh, they're just going to... Oh, Scott, and yeah. throw money at your computer screen until eventually it <laughs> swallows it in the gaping maw of commerce. I couldn't think of anything else to promote today, so since I've been so involved with it, it seemed like the right thing to do. But I know you've got something in your left holster. You're just going to whip out and point at me. What is it? What are you doing Oh, geez. What should I talk about? Oh, here, I'll tell you what. Speaking of Kickstarter, speaking of projects, uh, the Contender 2016 expansion. These are all the quotes that we've taken from the wildest and most insane primary season of our entire Republic's history. Uh, everything from the very beginning when we launched this Kickstarter with Donald Trump uh, and and uh, uh, Marco Rubio, Bernie Sanders, Hillary Clinton, Ben Carson, all the hits are here. And of course, Lincoln Chafee Mania will be sweeping the nation when the 2016 expansion hits your tabletop game night. So here's what you got to do. Head on over to thecontender.us. There's going to be a big splash page. You just click on that right there. Uh, it'll bring you to a page that says unavailable. Don't worry about that. Right below in big red letters is pre-order. You spend your money on that. It's a hundred cards. And man, having play tested with these cards, uh, I am so pumped to have you guys take a look at them. Uh, also sign up for our mailing list on there. Tomorrow we're going to be revealing a, a lot of what the cards, uh, or a few of the cards that are doing it, that are going to be in the expansion, along with some other fun information. So uh, that's it. The 2016 expansion available now. And in general, I had this thing, Scott, uh, I had to have the the really weird realization because we got some feedback about like the fact that I offered to sign certain things. And then, uh, uh, you know, that we didn't have an option in the Kickstarter to have me sign Kickstarter stuff. So uh, from here on out, number one, if you buy something on the contender.us, use offer code diamond. That is less than greater than the 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 two uh uh you know carrot things <laughs> that's your offer code i'll sign anything with that offer code and if in general if you bought the <laughs> kickstarter and you want a signed card tell me what card you want signed email me justin robert young at gmail.com uh and and i will sign it and send it to you on my own dime super uh super cool happy to do it uh and if you if you want any autograph at all for anything I didn't know that that was a market that people would want it. Just email me, whatever. We'll yeah, figure it out. Hook him up. JustinRobertYoung at gmail.com. I and like we'll buy the thing. Yes, and go get it. Uh, 2016 is a big year. There's a lot of stuff coming out. So get excited, everybody. Thanks all for calling. Everyone who called, you guys were great. Uh, we'll be back here next week with a brand new episode of Hotline Monday. 
live and with you and your calls because those are what matter most. And all you guys have got your little troll jollies today. Well, now you've got them and you can go and, <laughs> you know, do something else. Next week, we'll have real callers all hour long on Hotline Monday for me, for Justin, and for you. We'll see you then. show is part of the frog pants network get more at frogpants.com diamond club hopes you have enjoyed this broker <laughs>